Probably one of the most unexpected things happened to me was when I was chatting with a T-Mobile rep online. I was simply asking the rep questions and getting some info. And when she had made a comment about the repairs, I responded in agreement because a sales rep at the lo- at my local store said the same thing. Okay. It was in reference to the Go 5G plans, which were slightly higher uh, and essentially gave you more hotspot as far as, you know, pricing and then hotspot um, gigabits okay. or gigabytes. So to which I replied, quote, but higher price for some hotspot increase, unquote. And immediately saw my error of but instead of bit after I sent it and uh-huh. attempted to correct myself real quick and sent B-I-T asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Okay. Well, she took that to mean I had said something in a oh. profane way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So when in reality, I was just trying to correct what I had previously said. And clearly, the lesson in this was to, even if you're in a hurry, always put the asterisks in front. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, it was horrible. So I I have a screenshot of the transcript and everything, but it was just an absolute train wreck. And sadly, she had already terminated the conversation before I had a chance to further explain myself. Because by the time that happened... I didn't even realize it. And I was like, because she said, she said something along the lines of, sorry, question mark. And then she responded with another thing saying, um, we don't, I'm giving, I'm going to give you my, uh, your first warning. We don't tolerate that kind of content or whatever it was. And so I'm like, what in the world did I say? And then I looked up and I'm like trying to read through. Oh, that's what she thought I said. Oh, man. Worst awkward moment I have ever had with online chat. And I was like calling our dad and just letting or texting our dad and letting him know like, hey, this is what happened. I even called them on the phone saying, you know, can do you have message history just so we can clarify that? Because I didn't want any warnings, you know, permanently on his account. So, man, it was just absolutely insane. I was like, and he even even our dad was like, it's weird because when you read the context there was no escalation. There was no, you could tell my yeah, tone was very, know. you know, easygoing the entire time. And so to come out and just randomly say that, it's like, I, you would think that she would have a little more understanding of how that, yeah. you know, came about, but Goodness. clearly not. Um, Sorry, man. Anyway. <laughs> hey, it happens. So, <laughs> But so. that was one of those odd but real things that just threw me for a loop. So if wow. if that ever happens to you, then... Just know you have my sympathy as a, as a host to a listener. So Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, you're my co-host, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if I can necessarily come off of that in any real way that's nice. Um, right. Google's removing HTML in 2024. In wow, that was just like a complete, you know... Sucker punch. I just, just thought we never ripping do off it. the band aid. I'm just yeah. I was just I wanted to change some things. Just wanted to like do a bit of a different pace. I'm just not gonna like use ten minutes of our time to transition to a different topic. <laughs> Instead, I'm just gonna tell you, Google's removing basic HTML in the beginning of January in 2024. <laughs> I have my I own mean, thoughts about it, obviously. But uh, what you think about that? 
Well, it's it's kind of how much does that like what would that impact as far as the user interface on Gmail because well, I mean that's just like the like the old H it's like the old Yahoo back in the early 2000s. Right. Yep. So, and most people I don't even think use that. And I didn't even really I wasn't even aware of it. I thought that kind of was there early in the early 2000s and it transitioned slowly into what we have now. But no, that's just a completely Yes. Okay. You're, okay. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about now. Because yeah. you threw, threw me for a loop. So yeah, that's is that like switching? Because there's a button in Gmail where you switch back to the old version yes. or the old web version. Yes. Yep. There's no yep. point you in keeping that. that around anyway. I mean, I don't even no. know anybody who uses. I, okay, I take that back. I use that on occasion, um, and it's only to access Gmail directly through web via my smartphone. Uh, if I was to use it on like a full fledged computer okay, or something yeah. like that, then yeah, it would go through it through its regular um, web interface. But outside of that, okay. no, I, I rarely use HTML anymore. No, so and I've never used it. Me. I've never even seen it. Um, and just looking at the pictures, it really does. And I'm I'm a youngin. It brings back memories um, for me. <laughs> and just it looks so old, and I feel like I'm looking. I feel like I'm living in like 2006 or something Six, right now. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's that bit of uh i don't think it's sad i think it's good but uh yeah Yeah, i mean it's just one of those things that was expected to come but yeah it does kind of have that nostalgic touch to it it's kind of like running through all those facebook reels of you know when we were 90s and pictures of the mall and tv shows and all the vhs so it's just one of those things but uh yeah now you had more news as far as google on some pixel information is that right yeah these are quite a few topics so we'll kind of just Go in between, you can respond, and I can have my thoughts about it too. The first one, yeah, I know a lot of Pixel stuff this week. Goodness. A lot, yeah. Uh, yeah, this episode's very long for those of you who are listening to this. Uh, the Pixel 8a, uh, we already have leaks of these, and normally the uh, A series usually releases in May because uh, that's kind of the one that uh, they release uh, the, the year after. Uh, that model specific right and uh, the images here uh, and I'll actually show you these um, real quick here you can go to this link here and then just see these the images are interesting I will say that we've um, for those of you who can't see basically the phone is sort of curved very much so and I haven't seen a phone like that since like an early Galaxy, Galaxy S. six, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, one exactly. of those. Yep. The the uh, camera bar, if you will, is thick with three C's, and then the bezels are actually also kind of thick, which is normal because it's an A series. You really don't expect a whole lot out of that. And by the way, this phone's code name is Akita, I think is the right name, uh, and that road roadmap sort of name thing was um, talked about way back. Uh, a few months ago so it was already released could be akita i don't know it's hard to say akita yeah i'm not sure exactly exactly what that would be but uh, and this specific one does show this uh sort of blue almost yeah which i actually kind of like the color uh but yeah that's how the pixel 8 is looking the 8a i don't know i like it it, it has a very oldie feel to it while still keeping the same resemblance of the pixels now yeah it has that um I don't want to degrade it in this way when I when I say this, but it has a certain 
cheapness to it. Yeah. Even though there's a certain, I know we use this word a lot, but certain refinement to it as well. So it's, it's really weird how when you're looking at these images, obviously you can see it in the link description. But yeah. um, I actually don't mind it. Yes, that was the first thing I thought of was Galaxy S3, 4, or 5, somewhere yeah. in there. It has that type of feel to it. Um, but I actually like, especially in this blue, the blue looks really good. It does. Uh, I like nice the, the bar across. looks really nice with the aluminum. Yeah. So that I can't really argue with. The rounded edges, they're fine. It's not like it's going to be that awful. I think uh, if you look at the, let's see, the front, you really can't tell much difference from the front. I think it's I think it's the back that you really see the, the largest yeah. uh, kind of aggressive change uh, to the to the design on the actual chassis. So. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I guess, what we would say controversial. So, yeah, no, I kind of like the, um, that rounded edge. Most phones yep. don't even have that anymore, but I'm still a pretty big fan of that. The, those rat rigid edges are just, I'm not a huge fan of that. Obviously, with the uh, iPhone, we kind of talked about that. The next I thing, if, I wonder if Google's trying to take a little punch at Apple here because you know them. Their whole competition with um, uh, RCS, uh, USB-C. This one is almost like a jab yeah, at their, you know, I could flat see that. edges. I don't know. It could <laughs> very that's, well that's be. Yeah, honestly, they would love to make uh, qualms with uh, Qualcomm. The competitor. With the competitor. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing we have here is the Pixel Watch 2. This is actually a leaked video. Again, uh, this happens all the time. Not going to get into that because we've beaten that horse over a billion times by now. But uh, yes, it's glue. Yeah, it really is. So basically, this was leaked by 91 Mobiles uh, over on uh, Twitter, I think, or X, sorry, X. And basically, it shows a new UI for the health app uh, as well as the Fitbit. And there are a couple things added to this the uh, skin temperature sensor and the Fitbit stress feature um, from the EDA sensor that was uh, previously spotted uh, quite a few months ago. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the images here, you can check these ones out too. They, I love this UI. It's very smooth. It's, it's simple. It's not, like, in your face, but it's, it's just calm, relaxing. I love it. And um, another thing that they're showing off is the safety check, uh, which... Basically, that's kind of resembles to the thing Apple recently made, which is your check-in. It's like a lockdown. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, not a lockdown. Just a check-in uh, if they haven't, if a contact hasn't responded. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily for someone traveling, uh, although I could be wrong. But oh, I think it's okay. just like to make sure someone's okay or whatever. Uh, and this you. also shows a wide variety of different bands, and these ones obviously enough match the colors that we're getting for the pixel um phone and correctly saying the uh watch as well so we have a new blue active band um a coral blue black and porcelain sports band a metal slim band which i'm kind of interested in and a blue version of the woven band um Mm. so yeah this this looks really nice um obviously the actual the watch itself really hasn't changed much from the previous model, but we are still seeing a lot of yeah. new things be implemented and probably a lot more because this is just one leaked video. Um, some things may change. Honestly, I don't know where this guy even got it, but 
it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I don't know what you think about this. I, I like it. I mean, yeah, it's uh, like you said, there, there really isn't anything aggressively different about it. Yeah. Uh, other than the actual user interface. And I think that's really where we're focusing in on just because that's kind of always been Google's forte mm-hmm. is the software. Um, and it, it does kind of pique my interest a little bit as far as the safety check. I wonder if they're going to evolve that in some way, shape, or form. So we'll yeah. kind of have to um, wait on that one. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what it is about the whole entire, oh, I guess the flow of traffic when it comes to woven bands and woven cases, but there you go. Uh, we'll get to that soon here. Yeah, <laughs> there's more to come. Um, but yeah, it's it's the, the blue band kind of reminds me, it's kind of like a softer blue, but it, it, it resembles like a Smurf side of things Yeah, in some ways. It actually so, kind of resembles that uh, Pixel 8a that we just looked at. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that color. These are very smooth, very light. They're not like crazy dark colors. Um, But yeah, they work pretty well. Yeah, which actually on that note, I don't know if this, I don't know if you had this in the uh, set list, but uh, I did read some rumors to the effect that the Watch 2 could be part of a promo where if you buy, I'm not sure if it was the 8 or the 8 Pro, uh, the Watch 2 would come with it. So really, that's one of the leaks and we could very well see that happen wow. you know, if you buy um one of those models you could get a watch to um you know added on so the only time i have to wait and see which i sorry go ahead. which i think the only time they did that was the was the pixel fold so. i was just gonna say the only time and not even any other company normally does that although maybe samsung has but yeah i was just gonna say the pixel you never see apple doing fold. that yeah, no, no never <laughs> apple i was they're not even in the conversation right now. We haven't it gotten to even, them. Yeah, they've left the conversation. They're going to be in the conversation yeah. soon, but even then, it's not going to be very good. Um, no. <laughs> so the last thing for this, these Pixel points, what I'll coin them, is the 8 and 8 Pro. We actually talked about this last week where we are seeing a possible extra year for updates. Yes. Apparently. Right. Five to six. Yeah. The Pixel 8 and 8 Pro are rumored to get seven years of Android updates. Which is wild because I have never heard, let alone like five or six, seven years, which is nuts. Now, now, can you clarify that though? Is that is that for security or is that actually full software upgrades? Because I didn't get a chance to read that article. So the per the person commented and they uh, uh, claimed that it'd be seven years of OS updates and five year <laughs> uh, see and seven years of guaranteed security updates. So I think they are. They work in the same way, actually. Um, wow. Again, this is a rumor, um, yes. so we can't be too sure about this. But if it's true, even if we're getting five and six, like we talked about last week, that's incredible. But seven is nuts. Yeah, seven would be They're... crazy. I can't. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying I can't. I can't imagine that. That, that would be no, insane. Yeah, I mean, that, I that really either. is competing against Apple because I think I it's feel competing like against uh, everyone. Maybe, maybe I'm, this is just a. You know, a timing effect where I'm not really paying attention, but I kind of feel like have they slimmed down a little bit on their legacy updates with models? I mean, currently they are supporting, like, I think we talked about it, I can't remember what was our debatable episode or, or last week, but um, it's like five or six models that they're supporting right now, so. Yeah. Yeah, they are. It would be amazing. Yeah, and actually, uh, sometimes I look in the comments of articles just to see what people are thinking about this. And I saw a few people saying that they're actually not for this necessarily mainly because by the time like four or five years rolls around 
the battery has already went down in quality and you're hardly getting a lot of uh, battery life with that some people counter argument counter some people counter that and uh, said that well you can just replace the battery which is true um, there were some people that had some conflict with like you uh, um, break I fix it uh, wasn't very good so I guess I could see arguments on both sides but the point still stands that you're getting this this long of an update so even if like say well I don't want to do seven years I want to replace this in like three or four that's fine but for someone like my wife <laughs> if they she ever wanted to get a pixel or you know someone who um, wants to keep their phone for a long period of time this is great because you don't have to replace it for a long time so you know you and the other point that i would make to that is uh well there's a couple things that i would say to that effect is one you have to consider that if google were to take apple's approach and kind of sell older models as brand new which i don't mm -hmm. know if they do that because i think the oldest phone they have on there is their current you know 7 7a and then 7 pro mm -hmm. i don't actually see the sixes on there anymore from but, okay, they do have the 6A. That makes sense because it came uh, after the um, 6 and It 6 came Pro. after the 6s, so that is their oldest yeah. one in there. And so, yeah. But the reason why I bring that up is because when you when you think about it, if, if Google did do that where it's the same as Apple, because Apple keeps some of those older phones on there for a while. I mean, they had the iPhone 11 on That's there forever. That's true, yeah. So like, so in theory, if they actually did do that and kept on, you know, some of those older models on their, you know, in their inventory, then you could see how people would buy them brand new and they'd be like two or three years old and you'd still get maybe three or four years of software updates. So there's that yeah. kind of argument to it all. So and that's hard to say. Obviously, we, we don't have that right now. Yeah. And you would probably get some discounts from that as well. So you get a new phone, but because it's a few years. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you can't really lose out on a f lower price on a phone that's new, um, most likely. But if it's, like, two or three years old, I could see them, like, pricing it down. Like, hey, this has been in our stock for a while. It's a new phone, but we'll, like, price it down 100 bucks or something. I feel like that's a good idea, too. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's kind of... Not pointless, but I feel like it's a weird argument just to say, like, well, the battery's going to die or anyway. And, yeah. Well, that was my other point is that, like, it really depends on Google's support and, and you know, the parts inventory and that to that side of it all. Uh, and, you know, how they're able to support the hardware, you know, with uh, with batteries yeah. and such. So that, that's really something cool to think about as far as I'm glad that, you know, people are voicing that because it does kind of bring on different sides of, well, is this good? Is this bad? Is this a waste of time to actually have all these teams exactly. supporting legacy models? Uh, it's, I don't know. There's, there's a, that is kind of polarizing in certain ways. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see how that, that'll uh, turn about. Yeah, for sure. But something really, I, I just couldn't get over this because this is big time news. Like we saw articles, well, at least I saw articles popping up all over the place. Okay. That Facebook had updated their logo and they went from a lighter blue to a darker blue. So I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was shocked. I never thought that would ever happen. I never thought they would ever change their logo. Uh, they've even made some tweaks to the font of the F. I mean, my gosh. Are you being what sarcastic? What is the world coming to? Wow, Riley, you don't know me yet well. <laughs>
Was that sarcasm? Oh, yes, that was. <laughs> I'm sorry, your tone is like, you actually seem very sincere. It was hard to tell. No, that is pure sarcasm, okay. man. I, I was actually 100%. seriously thinking you were like complete because i'm like i'm over here like blown away does he really think that this is a cool update to like just change the color <laughs> of the map? No. okay no. good i'm glad yep. i'm glad because i was really concerned for you man uh, we, we will throw the link in the link in the description below just so you guys can see the difference because i mean it is wow oh, man. you, you want, might want to take a seat when you before you open up that link but <laughs> it was just well i had to throw that in there because i knew you had some facebook news so yeah, yeah, speaking of which, actually, this one's a little more interesting. So, uh, if you have an account now, you can actually have four other different accounts. And these can be under different names um, or maybe a business or whatever. And uh, these have limitations, obviously. So, you can't use the dating or the marketplace professional mode and you can't make payments on them. But uh, they basically act like another profile for, and JD would love this because I know he has two or three more profiles that he uses all the time on facebook um so you you would love this man but uh yeah you can do all that kind of stuff uh there there is some some security concerns obviously from people that are um i using identity theft uh just being someone else or whatever that's been an issue on facebook for a while so i don't see really that changing although it could progress into a much more problematic thing that's understandable but um yeah, I don't know what you think about this. I'm I'm kind of intrigued. Mainly, I don't use multiple profiles. I just have my own. But um, I don't know. It, it seems like it could possibly be a good thing for people. Yeah. Um, Riley knows this because I had some aliases back in the day when I kind of went rogue with my regular Facebook account. Yeah. Um, so I have... Currently, I have like three alternate Facebook accounts in additional to my regular one. So the fact that they're bringing this up, and ironically that there's four slots, uh, <laughs> it intrigues me. And I'm kind of curious how this is all going to work, like like you're saying, Riley, and the security. I guess I could see how that would kind of pose a potential threat or yeah. um, raise some concern. So uh, overall, this is... I mean, I wouldn't say this is, like, amazing or anything, but I, I do it's feel cool. like it kind of serves a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and they. And, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, is there any, anything else to this? Yeah, I was just going to say regarding the security thing, because I forgot to mention, Facebook did say, and I quote, if someone has recently or repre- repeatedly violated our policies, they will not be able to create additional profiles. If someone repeatedly violates our policies using any of their additional personal profiles, appropriate action will be taken on their account and all associated profiles. So even if those security issues that people um, have thought of do come to fruition, it looks like Facebook is going to take care of that. Uh, And maybe they'll have some other roadblocks in the way, too. So that way, identity theft won't be such as big of an issue on Facebook. But, uh, yeah. I'm kind of curious here because... um and I'm sure you probably can't answer this question, or maybe it was impl- implied. Because uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm a moderator on, on one of the Facebook groups on there, or one of the countless Facebook groups on there. But um, yeah. it, it would beg the question, if you were part of a Facebook group and you made a violation with one of those slots, would the original count actually be banned and all four would be disabled from re-entering that group? It says... 
Hmm. It does say appropriate action will be taken on their account and all associated profiles. So from okay. that word, so it, it sounds, sounds like, like they you... will. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying because I wasn't sure if you actually said it or maybe it was implied or yeah. it just wasn't stated at all. So, yeah, I guess I could see how that would be taken because um, that was something that made me think. I'm like, wait a second. If you actually do violate something on one of the profiles and you get banned from the group, could you actually get, you know. It'll prevent some uh, people from actually the term, disbarred. doing that stuff, which is good. What was that? It'll actually prevent people from doing that kind of stuff because if there's a yeah. high risk factor, it'll stop people from actually, you know, taking someone else's identity. So, Yeah, that or, I mean, just how they interact on the Facebook groups, yeah. um, which, well, I don't know about that because I feel like some people can just be completely irresponsible and foolish when it comes to any Facebook groups. I don't think... It, spamming is spamming so it's just yeah that's true can't really change that no um but uh yeah anyway moving on to some hardware news or possibly or you had something on the iphone yes uh the iphone 16 even though literally the 15 just released two weeks ago um we always get stuff we'll probably get stuff on the 17 probably here who knows um there's another possible button being added to the 16 series it's called the capture button and that's about the only information we have i know that's not super capture as in like capture a photo or capture a screenshot that's that's what it seems to indicate that's what it seems to imply um and because the one thing that this article kind of talks about is the sony sphere uh, xperia phones uh they have okay. a dedicated shutter button Yes, the only thing about this, you can still take a picture with your volume button on your phone, on your iPhone. Right. So if this was true, it's kind of pointless. I also think that, um, and I still love this about my uh, OnePlus 6, where if you double-click the button, the power button, it takes you to the camera. I love that. Yes. And if this was for that, that's ridiculous. Apple, just make the power button be able to use multiple gestures. But that's another topic. Well, that's what the action button is currently doing anyway. You can shortcut it to yeah, the camera that's button. Yeah, so that's true. So that's why I wonder. This rumor is actually kind of funky. It is. that we just had the action button introduced. Yeah. So the capture just actually throws me for a loop. Yeah, I know, um, right? So, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing that I wanted to throw in there is it's not even just the action button, but you can um, map the double tap on the back yes, to take a screenshot. That too. So there's double. there's lots of ways to do that. So exactly. I don't know why they would add another button on there. Unless they're just uh, asking for trouble. Yeah. Uh, one other thing to actually mention about this is that it would uh, use capacitive uh, button, which for those of you who don't know, capacitive basically means that it's not actually a mechanical button. It functions kind of like your button on your SE uh, series where it reacts to a certain amount of pressure. It senses that. Yeah. And then it sends you back MacBook a haptic um yeah the vibration or whatever and yes. uh we had a rumor for the 15 that was it was there were going to be all capacitive buttons but that never happened that's right i was actually big nope. f- in favor of that because it would be pretty cool to have that um some might disagree but it looks like this one might have it as well as a few other buttons as well so yeah this rumor because we discussed seems... that we talked we talked about the capacitive because yeah. it would help uh create a stronger seal when it comes to IP That's the one reason why just... I was very wanting it a lot. But yes. yeah, this that's basically all which we would... have. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, which I think we we, uh, we talked about that where it would uh, 
it would be pushed back to the iPhone 16 series as far as the capacitive on all the buttons. So that part doesn't True. necessarily surprise me, but I'm glad that it's still in the works because if we haven't heard anything, then it kind of makes me wonder, okay, is is this even... Well, of course, I think you just mentioned that about the uh, the capture button alone. I don't think that was necessarily... Yeah, it's just... Uh, okay. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it does seem... You are right, JD. It does seem kind of like a far-fetched rumor just because like what would it even indicate about this because there's we already have so many buttons and so many features that would elicit that so i don't know personally personally here's what i would say okay scratch the whole entire capture button let us customize the two soft buttons on the bottom of the iphone on the touchscreen i would love yes. to remap those instead Me of being too. stuck with what oh, we for sure have. I agree. that's that's what i would want yeah. to have changed I don't need another physical button. We already have the action button. Let's just move on from there and kind of improve some of the software sides of things. Because I, I gosh. feel like, but that's just me. I feel like whenever Apple does something really good and people love it, they're like, "Oh, we should do that again," but this time, the same but different. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah, it's weird no. to me, but yeah. Oh, oh, oh no, it is weird. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but anyway, heading into this, uh, right before we get into deals, I'm not sure if you've actually heard of this company. It's called uh, Nacon or Nacon. Sounds familiar. But they're coming out with a, uh, a PS5 controller. And there's really not whole, there actually is more details, but uh, it will evidently sport anti stick drift features, which hmm. I'm not a big gamer, so I don't exactly know what that is entails i don't know if you know that because you're a pc gamer right yeah i'm not really too familiar with controllers say say what it so, is again yeah, I, uh the controller name or the feature? the feature it's uh anti-stick drift features oh so I, I'm, I'm assuming it has to do with the the two sticks on the, on the top the joy con sticks yes that's actually a really good feature so on most controllers, and this has been, and if, if this is what I'm understanding it is, I'm not sure, but I feel like this is what it is. Controllers, if they've been used a lot, they tend to hold onto one area and they drift. And it, oh, like if you've ever played a race okay. car game or something like that, or... My wife has been talking about that with her Xbox yes. controller. Okay, that must be what... Okay, yes, because she's having issues and she's like, I really just want to get a new controller <laughs> because I'm having issues with this. Yeah, that would so be this great. is actually okay. very good and i think we saw another controller that did this it might have been for the um i think it was for the steam deck i can't remember but one of them had it and it's actually super good it's really needed on all these controllers because they're prone to it it happens all the time i don't care what company you're talking about controllers have that issue where they just stick drift and it's so annoying it's so dumb and you'd think after like how many years of controllers being made that they would have solved this right now. And it takes a third party company to actually work on like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a rant for another day. But yeah. It's just... uh, no, I, that's, I mean, it's, it's worth stating for sure. Um, and I mean, there's definitely more details in the article that uh, obviously due to timing, we won't get into. Uh, but the fact is that it will also include some mappable buttons as well. I sent this over discord. Um, among other desired gaming features. Ooh. So uh, the price can, will come in at $250 and will be available at some point in October. So it is, I don't know if I stated it, but it is the um, huh. Revolution 5 Pro. So Interesting. Okay. 
Cool. I mean, the design, if, if you guys want to check it out uh, down below, the design is actually pretty nice. It, it does have that uh, dual sense feel to it, so I feel like they tried to stay within the typical PS5 gamer yeah. um, finger memory and stuff like that, so that's that's good to have. Yeah, but, that um, is. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm, I'm, I would love to have uh, more of that, and I think that would be helpful because it even said, even though it's not a uh, like modular, it does have replaceable parts and stuff to help with that as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move on to deals here. Uh, we actually got quite a few. The first one is the uh, Apple M1 MacBook Air uh, is available for uh, $749.99, and that's a $250 deal um, taken down off of that, which is originally 1000 uh, and you guys can go ahead and uh, check that out on Amazon. We'll leave that link down there. You said that was the um, what was the storage capacity? I don't. Two hundred fifty-six. Sorry. Two hundred fifty-six. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. yeah. Because you said thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I should have guessed that. Uh, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> now I'm not sure about how common this is with other manufacturers, but currently Hyundai has a deal going on where if you purchase or lease a 2023 Kona EV or a 2023 or 2024 Ionic 5 or Ionic 6 hmm. by October 31st, they will provide you with a free level 2 home charger, which uh, should get you about 37 miles within an hour of charging. Okay. Dang. As well as $600, $600 towards installation of that home charger. Wow. Now, obviously, there is a process to follow. Yeah. Uh, there is a process to follow, but based on what I read, it doesn't seem to be too complicated. Uh, although it's worth noting that you can't get the free charger without proceeding with the home installation done through Hyundai and uh, the technicians and installers that they approve of. So That makes sense. Uh, all details obviously can be found in the link below. So, But I, th I felt like that was worth stating. Okay. Cool. Man, That's I can't top that actually. So, But I'll, I'll try my <laughs> best here. Uh, so normally selling at $59, you can get the MagSafe wallet for $28 uh, over on uh, Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. And if you actually have Prime, it'll be shipped for um, just for free. So um, I don't know why I said that because that's normally what it is. I read that wrong. Anyway, also the Apple Watch Series 8 uh, is seeing a price drop from $399 to $299. And the uh, GPS 45 millimeter version, seeing a price drop from 429 to 350. Uh, so that's some solid news right there. Uh, not a whole lot to say about that. Sounds like, but yeah, that sounds like they're trying to clear out their inventory. It it does <laughs> seem like that. The funny thing yeah. was is, uh, <laughs> I think these are all on Amazon. Um, but at yeah. the beginning, they, they said, a deal so good it might upset Tim Cook uh, starting off the work week. Uh, just a quick little oh, my word. joke there, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, for all of you Prime members, speaking of Amazon out there, uh, you guys can get up to four months, or you guys can actually get four months of Amazon Music Unlimited as well as three months of Kindle Unlimited for free. Hmm. Uh, this offer will no longer be available come October 12th. Uh, so that's the 11th would be your last day to enroll on this, which also so happens to coincide with the second day of Fall Prime, Prime day, day yep. which is going to be October 10th and 11th. 
Uh, I don't think we've announced that yet, but it's the 10th and 11th for October. It's going to be Prime Day for the fall. Uh, so that's something worth uh, noting there, too. But, uh, yeah, four months of Amazon Music Unlimited and three of Kindle Unlimited. I'm, I've already jumped in on that deal. So Cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, moving right along back to uh, main topics for this week, uh, the Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. And this thing is actually said to uh, house the coming Snapdragon 8th Gen 3. And allegedly, from a tepster named Revegnus over on X, he says that the benchmark multi-core score will be 7,400 as opposed to the Gen 2, which had uh, 4,975. So that's 2,500 increase on a multi-score, which is nuts. And you'd have to expect that they're only going to do that for the Ultra because it is such an insane... Uh, if it's true, it is such an insane uh, chipset. Um, so, yeah, not a whole lot of other information about this. It's said that the Snapdragon 3 chipset would pro- it should be introduced in October. Um, so we'll likely see it there. And then normally they have their, um, what is it, beginning of January, I think they have their um, event. Well, yeah, that actually coincides with that. this next topic we have here, okay. and it's really not a whole lot to break down other than according to reports and actually sales numbers from Samsung, uh, the expected start production for the S24 Ultra will begin here in November, which is a little bit earlier. So sources believe that rather than waiting until the regular timeline of February to launch the next-gen S lineup, Samsung will actually move it up a month to pretty much shorten the gap between, you know, what Apple has with their iPhones Mm -hmm. and uh, try to get in on that release and get some more consumers going for the uh, S series. So Yeah, and and it may even be part of the Pixel models, too, that they're concerned about. That's true. And that would also coincide with the fact that since these are being released October, that gives them that month to go ahead and have them ordered so they can install them into the phones, uh, the Ultras to be specific. So that actually makes sense. Seems like it's lining up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and also one other quick thing here, the uh, LG Gram Fold has launched. Uh, this is LG's first laptop with a folding screen. We've seen LG make a lot of different, uh, unique, shall we say, things in the past that haven't done very well. Um, unique, understatement of the decade, yes. <laughs> yeah. And we've just begun. We really have. Uh, just to name a few specs, because I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail about specs and specs and specs here, but... Sure. Basically, this has a 13th Gen Core i5, so it's a 1335U processor. It's got the Iris oh, XE okay. graphics. The uh, 16 gigs, it's got 16 gigs of RAM, 512 of uh, SSD, a 72-watt-hour battery with 65-watt charging, uh, and then the normal uh, basic uh, specs, the stereo speakers, Bluetooth 5.1, Wi-Fi 6E, and two USB-C ports. Yeah. Uh, now this thing is only being released in its hometown of uh, or its home country of Korea, and they're very limited with the amount of devices they've released. But apparently, and tell me, well, actually, no, you guess. T- tell me how much you think this thing is. Uh, it's an i5 1350U. Mm-hmm. Those specs, foldable. Oh, I don't know. I could be quite off the mark. I'm going to say 1200 Nope. Okay. What do we got? 
3,729. I thought, I thought you were going to tell me it was like going to be super low or something. It was going to blow my mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nope. 3,729. Yeah. Yeah. 720. That's almost four grand. Wow. And it probably is going to be once you hit sales and tax and stuff like that, which obviously it's not coming here in the States. That is insane. So when you say foldable, you actually mean the screen is folding? It's the, it's a whole giant screen that can fold. I'll actually show you this image right now. Oh, okay. I got you. So it's like a flat aluminum back, and then you get the screen on the front, and yeah. it folds over itself. You can, yes. okay. you can yep. actually add a keyboard that sits on it, so you can use it like a normal laptop. This thing can be used like an, uh, one of those. a tablet or uh, what have you. But, J.D., let me just tell you, for the first 200 customers that purchase this in Korea, because no one else can purchase it, you can get about $800 off. Wow, down to three grand. Whoa, yeah. man. Watch out. People. Isn't that amazing? That's how you that do sarcasm, by the way. Um <laughs> Anyway, you know what? You know what? Our personality here, uh, you have more of a vibrant emotional reaction. Mine is very dry. So thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) But yeah, no, 3,729. That's ridiculous for this. I get it. It's a foldable laptop. And I also understand there are some good specs in this thing. But I would say at most 2,000. I don't see this thing being any more than that. And it's just like, ugh. I, I don't. I don't. Well, get that's it. what I was thinking. Like I was thinking it was going to be around like maybe two thousand or something. But the way you were hyping it, I was like, oh, maybe there's like a really good aggressive discount or something that's going to be like twelve hundred bucks or thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah. So, but obviously seeing this, I think um, Michael Fisher on Mister, not Mister is the boss. Uh, <laughs> Mister Mobile. A lot uh, of Mister. He actually cited. Yes. He actually cited products like this where you actually put the keyboard on top of the touchscreen, which turns it into you know, more of a functional laptop yeah. versus just a full slate right. screen. Um, but, yeah, I think the idea is definitely cool. It doesn't surprise me that it has a U processor because that thing it looks awfully thin. Um, but, yeah, I can't really say it's – it's kind of sad just because the nuance has kind of left us. Uh, I can't really say that I'm impressed. Yeah, me neither. And I can, definitely can't say I'm impressed about the price either. But um, – yeah, it's it's uh, the only unfortunate thing is that it's not to the states yet. I'm assuming they'll probably eventually, you know, get to that stage where it's a phase rollout or they'll have a, you know, another upcoming model with this kind of layout and design that uh that we can jump in on. But yeah. outside of that, it's not like I'm feel like I'm missing out extensively. So, yeah, and it's it, yeah. And just one last thing here because I am kind of reconsidering what I last said. I know I I just jump around like crazy. I, I think it's warranted for being high-priced because it is a foldable. We saw that with a foldable phone, and that was like 1800 from both Pixel and Samsung, um, yeah. both Google and Samsung. So I guess I can kind of understand how much that is, but uh, even like Asus's ZenBook 17 Fold was launched at 3499 So... I don't know. I'm kind of in the gray area. What kind of processor did that one have? Did, did it state? Uh, yeah, it's got the Intel uh, Evo i7. Hmm. Okay. So. Well, yeah, I suppose. I guess I can see how that would work its way into it, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I just... 
It is what it is. Yeah. Actually, on a bit of a round trip here, back to the iPhone 16 and 16 Plus, they'll actually feature, potentially, a lower-cost chip than the current iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. Now, it's not certain as to whether Apple will market the chip in the, you know, base 16s as the A17 Pro, but based on rumors from reliable sources, it will not be using the N3B fabrication uh, that the current A17 is based on. Uh, Instead, it will be a lower-cost variant that is sourced still from TSMC's 3-nanometer node, but will be a less powerful and efficient will be less powerful and efficient than the current Pro models uh, currently boast. So Hmm. we assume there will still be an improvement over the A16 Bionic that's currently in the 15 base and plus, but if this comes to fruition, it will be the first time that Apple has uh, a custom-made chip specifically for the base models versus just yeah, that's copying true. over what they had on the previous Pro huh. line. So, yeah, that one really caught me off guard just because I didn't think that they would do that. I just assumed that it would be a carryover. But now it sounds like they're making some adjustments and maybe trying to be more cost-efficient or something. I don't know. It does seem like they've, and definitely with the 15 Pro and Pro Max in certain regards, it does seem like they're actually taking into consideration um, user experience for both pro users and base users, which is really good. Um, normally, when you think of Apple, you think of them always as like a money grab or, you know, here's this. This is the new phone. Just move the camera. Oh, now we have USB-C. Um uh, but at least you're getting more uh, of a different type of prop performance there uh, than just putting an old one in and that's it. So I'm all for that if that well, comes to fruition. The... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. See, I, part of me feels like we're getting gypped, though. That, and that's the thing that kind of gets me. Okay. Because if you would just put the A17 Pro in there, then that would make me feel a whole lot better. But because you're intentionally looking for a lower-cost fabrication then now I'm like, well, we're, I feel like we're kind of losing out. So, well, And this is something that I constantly have to remember is that this is for the common consumer. So even though they might not care, that's kind of gets in my mind because I feel like Apple's taking advantage of that, and it's it does get under my skin I, to, you know, from time to time. So I actually disagree with you right there. I, I think it'd actually be bad to put the 17 Pro into a base model, mainly because it would just cause people to go to the – base more often because they're able to use that better performance for gaming and stuff like that and i feel like that should be a well that's just it we're tying in future models into current specs so like you would think that oh because we're getting the dynamic island this year and it was on the last year we finally get that that's great that means that next year i get to look forward to gaming stuff and they'll improve they'll probably make something even better for the a18 pro so that's kind of where I'm thinking, and I'm know. just like, why are we? That that's kind of my process, and I just I just hate that thought thought going through my head that you know that's kind of what we were expecting, and now they're kind of going out of their way to, I don't know, just kind of make us that kind of like fear of missing out. So I guess so. versus what you know Google does, they you know give us give us the uh, G Tensor chip, which hopefully that'll be another TSMC. Um, I would sourced chip. <laughs> yeah, I would say they at least need to put an A17 Bionic or something of that nature. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably going to have some sort of moniker on there for the A17. It's just definitely going to have, uh, a, you know, an adjusted um, chipset. Modifi- it's going to have a modif- modified chipset Yeah, and from the actual Pro. So, And, I mean, why would you have a Pro chipset on a base model? I mean, in theory, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. But at the, at the same time, the... A15 Bionic and the A16 Bionic were in the base models the next year, and they added on that extra GPU core. So that's where I'm like, okay, what's the deal here? Well, this isn't now. Now we're actually seeing some problems. So well, this is an ex- even extreme higher performance actually than just a, like as if they just did the 17. Well, that's normal, but this is a pro version. You have that three nanometer um, added to it. So it's even boosted up a lot more by like what was it 10 15% performance um something so, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of still like disagreeing with you JD mainly because I just I don't feel like it should be on the base models. It would be great if it would. I'm not saying it wouldn't, but from the perspective of Apple or even perspective of certain consumers, I just feel like oh, they got the 17 Pro and I got the base model last year. I didn't get that. Um, or I had to get the pro last year just to get the 17, um, pro in uh, chip. It's just, I don't know. It's weird to me. Well, that's, that's, that, that's true. Um, but I think nine times out of 10, most, most tech enthusiasts probably don't lean just for the, you know, powerhouse chipset. Yeah. There's so much more to actually be seen on a pro models from camera capabilities to uh, even, you know, design and material as we've seen with titanium. Um, but I don't know. It's it's uh, obviously a, you know, a point of controversy and, you know, another another polarizing factor in kind of the marketing scheme. Yeah. And how they're going about with uh, the consumer offerings. So we don't know, obviously, for sure. This is just a rumor. But, um, yeah, so you have uh, some more interesting thing on Apple. Is that right? Yes. Uh, speaking of material, has uh, – oh, no. uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> as Apple had uh, aforementioned in the events, they stated that they will no longer be offering leather cases, to which J.D. and I were kind of a bit saddened by because leather cases are just really good and – you know, they don't take as much damage over the course of a while other than certain cases like the fine woven. Um, this person that wrote this article was peeved. I, I will say that to, at, at the least. Uh, normally I don't see an article that's just very blunt, but this one was. Basically, this guy, he ordered the fine woven case and over less than 48 hours, and mind you, all he did was just do some camera tests outside. He hardly really, like, dropped it or he didn't drop it at all you know he threw it in his backpack he put it on his wireless charger he did everything you normally would do with a case it's supposed to protect the phone but not the case shouldn't be like damaged so much well come to find out that the case itself like there's scratches that you can see and this is actually what apple coined uh, well not coined but stated was like a suede um and I'll even show you this image, JD, because it's, like, really sad, honestly. <laughs> By the way, this thing is $59. So, if that tells you anything, it's just nuts. But, yeah, this thing is yeah. very susceptible to stain, 
very susceptible to scratches. And actually, there was a uh, display uh, thing at um, a uh, Parker Ortolani Island uh, for Apple's demos. And they actually had to keep replacing them because they looked like crap. Like within an, a day or whatever. And other people obviously posted about this. They had stains on them. One guy brought it with him to a, uh, a restaurant, put it on the table. Didn't notice anything afterwards, but later that morning, uh, the next morning, he picked it up and noticed a stain right on it. And um, there's even a comment below that was talking about someone literally just bought it. They opened the package, hated it, and sent it back. A lot of people have the same reaction every single time. And I just, I cannot believe this. I mean, if you're paying $59, you'd expect to have a good premium case that lasts for, and I'm not saying all cases, you know, they need to last for like five years. A year or two after that much probably is when you want to replace a case. I can attest to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but 48 well, hours, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the uh, that's that's the thing that kind of gets you, and and the reason why Jade uh, Riley and I were a little bummed about this is because, like he was saying, you know, leather does have that effect after a while, but it's because of that patina that you really appreciate how it ages so well. So this is clearly far from it, and I've I've, I've seen similar articles like that online. I've also seen uh, Zolotex review on these cases, and they are absolutely. I mean, he was, like, scraping just, uh, you know, his nails, um, a key, a screw, a screw on it, and stuff like that, and just kind of seeing how it reacts. Um, and then he pretty much demolished the thing, like, just taking it from the, the outside rim to the inner, taking out yeah. the coils and stuff like that, and pretty much just disassembling it. And you could tell, it was like, wow, I'm paying 60 bucks for this, and it, it's it's pretty pathetic. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I really don't see this uh, this case line going anywhere. I mean, or, or actually gaining any traction, I should say. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's pretty pathetic, and I hope they discontinue it, or if not, at least find some way to kind of counteract this this issue that a lot of people are experiencing. Because it's, uh, I feel like that would be another line of just getting gypped and paying for something that's. I wouldn't even say worth less money, but not even worth anything at all because that's that's something you expect. Yeah. I feel like that's something you expect from like Wish or Timu <laughs> or Timu. Yeah, um, yeah. And why Apple ever decided to use suede as the backing for this case is beyond me. It doesn't make any sense. You know that fabric tends to retain that stain. Why in the world would you even consider? using that as the backing of the case. And this is Apple. <laughs> they should have, they, they need to think about yeah. this stuff before they actually release it because you have to know that. And then even for like last week when, for the update, and that's kind of more understandable because some bugs, you know, get out of reach. But like even when you release an iOS 17 update for a new phone and you have to update to a newer update to make sure that that transitions perfectly, I just feel like, and maybe this is just from a different perspective or anything, but I feel like Apple just hasn't really taken consideration this year for certain things. Well, that's the crazy thing is that it wasn't even so much, oh, let's say, for example, you had to set up the phone and then you had to update so that you could, you know, fix a bug that had to yeah. do with phone calls it's not a or huge something like thing. that. This is something that you had to do in order to set up the phone for transferring information. 
that blows my mind because that was like a complete preliminary yeah. problem that people were experiencing exactly. and that you actually had to fix via that update. So, yeah, there's that to it. And there's just, I don't know, people said that iOS 17 has gotten better in some it ways. Has. And I'm like, I'm, yeah. still have, I'm still seeing some issues here where we're not to that point yet. And I'll say it again. I really do wish it was one of those uh, quote-unquote soft upgrades where yes. we're actually seeing more refinement, more security, taking out more bugs and stuff like that. And so that's kind of they how really I feel about to. it. And I'll probably continue to feel about that until what will probably t- typically be like February or March of, of this next yeah. year because that's how things go. And you just have to wait that long to actually get something that feels stable. So. Mm-hmm. That is pretty unfortunate, though, as far as the casing. I that it didn't surprise me that this was cited here on the show, um, just because that is a very popular uh, point of negativity when it comes to uh, what Apple's done with replacing leather. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's insane. Which actually, on that note, we'll actually move over to uh, just a quick question. This is kind of um, maybe a mini debatable point, although I feel like we just had one. Um, <laughs> We did. I read an article and it kind of threw me, but I had to ask this to you because you are a fellow tech enthusiast, Mm -hmm. and I could easily ask my, well, I could ask my wife, I could ask our mom. uh, How have you been adapting to the Watch OS 10 layout as far as buttons? Because they've moved some things around, Mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of curious: Have you been able to kind of adjust yet, or is that still becoming you know a problem? Uh, I'll be honest, I actually haven't used my watch in the last few weeks. Uh, I did upgrade oh, wow, okay. to the um, the beta release for WatchOS 10, And when I used it, I, I liked it. I didn't have really any issues with it. Why has something gone amiss well it just yeah there was just yeah there was just some articles about you know how it's because they moved around like the the mapping of, of yeah. what the flat button does and stuff like that and it just that was something that i had a hard time kind of adjusting in the beginning and incidentally my daughter's watch up, upgraded by itself which really ticks me off hmm. um and uh, so she's having a hard time with like adjusting them to the mapping buttons as well of, of okay. what they do so yeah yeah, that was the added factor to it, um, and I promise you I will do everything in my power to make sure that my wife's watch does not update because <laughs> I don't think she's ready for that yet. <laughs> no. Although she is excited about the new app layout, so I don't know. Maybe that'll be a break even. Probably. To say. Yeah, I can see how people would be kind of uh, hesitant or concerned with that. Um, with new layouts, it is yeah. difficult to kind of get used to that. Um, like I said, for me, I... I actually liked it better than um, uh, Watch OS 9 just because it felt a little more fluid. Things were a little yeah. more fixed, uh, simplified. Uh, and, yeah, that grid layout was so much better. Um, but, yeah, it is – and, and updating on its own, that's, that's a big no-no for me. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I, I'm questioning whether she actually pressed something, but it was kind of funny because I picked it up, and you know, even she was like, "Oh, it upgraded. I have, I have some new software." It was like, "Yeah, it shouldn't have done that." Normally, you have to like confirm that it's going to update. So, yeah, maybe she did something without knowing. Yeah. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I just had to ask that because that came up, and um, I'm sure our parents will probably be asking about this upgrade and if it's worth or yeah, not. Yeah, they so. will. <laughs> well, we have but 
Anyway, you, you had to close it on. Yeah, right? we have come to the end here, and this actually has to do with ChatGPT. We normally don't talk about them, but they've released some cool new updates. Uh, I should say OpenAI, ha uh, OpenAI has for ChatGPT. This is incredible. Yeah. Okay, so, and I know some people have issues with AI and whatever, and for this, it is kind of scary, honestly, but it's still pretty cool. Basically, yeah. you can actually talk with uh, OpenAI, with ChatGPT. Uh, as if you're having a really good conversation, you could request it to have like literal bedtime stories or, uh, you know, from what they uh, OpenAI specifically said, settle a, a dinner table uh, debate. And um, you can even take a picture, send it to uh, ChatGBT and ask it a question like, how do I install this or how do I take this apart or, you know, whatever. And it will use the information because it can actually see now, weirdly, not see you, but see the image. It can take the image it's given and analyze it through all of its data that's input, put it through the internet, and then say, you need to do this, and it gives you all the steps like it normally does. But you can even send another image close up or whatever and say, like, is this what I need to do? Or I have these tools. It take a picture of those. And it'll tell you you have the right tools. It'll give you step by it is so cool, honestly. Um, and then I think there's even a few more things. Um, I'm just picturing right now our mom's reaction as she's listening to this. Yes. She's probably like, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, and I mean, like I said, it is kind of scary because uh, there's even uh, talk of people being able to use this for very awful uh, reasons and – even OpenAI has come out and said, like, they understand the risks and are being careful to. Um, uh, are we talking about re-rendering their images? Uh, talking about uh, using tech technology to impersonate others and commit fraud. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. That, that's been it. That's been a point. Yeah, the company yeah. acknowledges the risk and claims uh, the technology will only be used for specific use cases and partnerships. That basically means that we have no control and we'll try and do what we can. But uh, so, but regardless, this is still pretty cool. And uh, even a further development and push into artificial intelligence and just the, like, I got to even show you this video because it is absolutely wild. Um, if I can even copy video address. Yeah, here we go. You just got to watch this because... Because me explaining it's not as good as someone actually seeing the visuals for this. And we'll obviously link down the video description here. But yeah, check this out. You know, it's kind of interesting here because even though this is on a simple scale, like for the, this, this first example with the uh, with the bike seat, but mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things like if you don't know how to do that, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it oh. is. But it's cool that they're like that. They're obviously they want to demo it in a way that people understand. Like this is the it's it's there's simplicity to it but this is the potential and it can go even further so wow that is that is crazy it's insane dude yeah because i mean when you think about you know the uh the o open ai and just the capabilities as far as um analyzing data and then turning that around and putting that into imagery mm -hmm. It really opens up just that next world of kind of just intelligence. Yeah. 
that uh, we've kind of kind of dreamed about but we really haven't seen like a full really you know true fledged uh, example of it and i think we're reaching that point i think we have reached that point right now so yeah we really have um and it's just like i i know that for a while now like when i first saw like chat gpt and stuff like that it boggled my mind of how cool it was that you could actually get any information like for example like you and I showed you information regarding After Effects and like how you, it gave me exactly what I needed to do to create an effect and even I could do it because of my computer <laughs> and the performance of it but it was still amazing and now just seeing this uh, is again scary but just like amazing and like how much it can just process in the information it's given but yeah. yeah but with that said that wraps up this week's episode and we will catch you guys in the next one this is JD and Riley signing off peace out